0: baby. We in here, yeah, we in here, we been. Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here, yeah, we in here, black versus the Board of
1: Education.
0: That's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it where are my thank you Tevin is tripping I mean I need you to be on it like that 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 was supposed to come right on in and I was supposed to be excited happy happy Monday everybody it is Black versus the Board of Education my name is Miss Laureen and we welcome you into this space as usual because we are indeed a whole mood and it's our job to show you exactly why uh but whole mood baby come on Tevin come on come on come on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but before we jump into the conversation today and uh introduce our guests our topic today is we're talking about changing the education game one school at a time and so with that Jalen I'm gonna start with you because you're right here wait a minute <laughs>
1: who are you well uh thank you I thank you for asking um <laughs> uh, my name is Jalen I am a college student and uh the person I'ma pass it to it was uh her birthday so I mean, oh, I
0: mean can you dang. stop can you can you stop taking my job? My fault. <laughs> I mean I had a I had it all worked out how I was gonna do it but we're gonna pass it to Miss Keela go ahead and introduce yourself love book hey it's your girl Keela college student you know what I'm saying and it was my birthday on Saturday so now, now I heard it was your Jordan year. It's your Two, Jordan three. year?
2: Yep. Oh, Lord. We
0: got a Jordan <laughs> in the building. Okay, okay. Make sure you keep that microphone right by your mouth, because we want it to go over when we have to replay it. Uh, Miss Jada. Hey, hey, hey.
3: Hey, y'all. Um, my name is Jada. I am a homeschool senior in the Elk Grove area, and it's so good to be back. I'm excited to talk about today, because... you always excited. I mean, yeah. I mean, does it take much? Specifically today, because okay. I get to learn about a new Black woman's success. Come I on, girl. It. Come on, hold on.
0: You know what? Now we got the magic. (laughs) Make her magic. Okay, sounds. (laughs) Okay, Uh, go ahead and pull up uh, Samuel. Where's Samuel? Go ahead and introduce yourself, Sam.
3: Hello. My name is Samuel. I'm in sixth grade, I'm 12. That's it. Welcome to the party.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the party. Come on, Melissa. Go ahead and round us out. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa. I
4: am 16 years old in the 11th grade, a junior, and I am in located in Southern California.
0: Look at my crew. My crew is all here. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, so, not only did Keela celebrate a birthday, we also have a birthday coming up this week. Uh, Tevin is hitting <laughs> finally. <now. laughs> is hitting 21, and he cannot contain himself. That don't mean him; he's grown, though, and uh, we're going to show him just about that. Uh, this weekend, we had a chance to check out Kima and mm-hmm. her performance at Sac Day. She uh, performed with the University Dance Company with their fall production. Now, what y'all think about that? Because I was over there confused a little bit. Um, I liked Kima's. I can't okay. support Kima.
3: The ones that Kima was in, I loved wholeheartedly. And she
0: did amazing, by the way. Yeah. yeah she looked real good she did she look she real looked good.
2: right Air but, done. but i done. was
0: confused a little bit i'm not gonna lie to y'all um I, boy if you... <laughs> i thought i be on the sound but i didn't tell him to give me jeopardy anyway anyway um not only that so we actually had some folks fr- who visited the show who actually got into office so y'all know what that means <laughs> well, it's time to hold some folks accountable that no, means uh, we going with uh, some bill ideas to the state capitol because uh, okay so oh, uh, so at the state capitol we have uh, Roger Nilo you know Mr. Nilo came through we are gonna have to send him a, a congratulations card <laughs> and get in his office Miss mm-hmm. uh, Ashby got in there she was sworn in earlier hey! today come on Miss hey. Ashby and then at the city council, uh, level, both Katie Maple and Karina Talamante. got in. So, yeah, you know, sir. we are gonna have to get them back on the show. Yes, talk about we are. what we need to do. Yo, so, shout out to them, uh, for winning and they're getting sworn in. If they haven't already Her. been sworn in today, they are getting sworn in this week and or next week. Um, and I actually had a chance to meet with, um, one of the newest trustees from Elk Grove Unified this morning. Um, I look forward to working with Mr. Vargas because uh, apparently he's seen us at the school board meetings um, every time we've come and he understands the frustration and he uh, has told me he's not afraid to shake shake the trees uh, and we not either. So yeah, yeah. we're going to make sure we uh, get in there and uh, make ourselves available and willing to do exactly what we said they did, they we would do if they got in right all right so we're going to transition we have a very very special guest with us today uh miss tiffany ford wow. is joining us
2: look at come She's on hi guys hello. 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 hello hello
0: welcome to black versus the board of education would you Thank mind you. introducing yourself for those of us who don't know you uh that we're going to get to know you really quickly here so go ahead yeah. and introduce yourself
5: Absolutely. My name is Tiffany Ford, and I am a native Philadelphian, born, raised, all of that good stuff in Southwest Philadelphia. Um, Recently, I've been working, or I'm not going to say recently, because I guess I've been doing this for a while now. I've been Mm -hmm. working um, in the childcare industry. Um, Mm -hmm. I started straight out of my home. And I expanded, and now I have over six locations operating in the city of Philadelphia. And I focus um, not only on, you know, creating a safe space and a safe environment for children to grow and learn, but I have also emphasized how the arts um, and involvement in the world around them can help mold and shape a child from as early as preschool age.
0: And that is dope because I love everything about that. The arts are super important and I'm not quite sure why they took it out of the schools in the first place because our babies need something to do and some way to express themselves creatively. But I just got to tell you, I know I told you off camera, but there's this picture. This is like, what? Like, come on now. You got all all the makeup done and you got some clothes (laughs) on. I just have to tell you, I'm digging that. Thank Uh, you, I appreciate that. Thank you. So when you said that you have six locations and yes. you started out of your home talk about talk to us about building your business how how oh, did that wow. happen
5: so I'm um, honestly, it's so funny because I actually went to college for education. So I already had the intention of becoming a teacher, but when I graduated from college, um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's a, a spring graduation and a winter graduation. Yeah. So I graduated in the winter. So it was kind of mm-hmm. hard to find a teaching job mm-hmm. right away. So I actually wind up going into social work and really liking social work. Um. So when I turned 24, you know, I was got pregnant with my daughter and I had a epiphany and I was just like, listen, you know, I'm not ready to go back to work fully, but I do still want to work in education and I have a genuine care for people. Let me try this home daycare thing. Mm-hmm. I tried it out and it really, really took off. Um, I was in a high needs area, an area where, um, you know, the demographics were, you know, pretty much poor. It, it was just, it's, it's just the families were looking for work it was it was it was just the perfect situation they needed overnight care i was willing to provide it and from there it just took off
0: hmm overnight care oh you was with the babies all night (laughs) yeah I
5: had them all night so from there I needed to get a building and I expanded from that building from one all the way to six and it's just been an amazing journey it really has I've come into contact with so many people um people in my neighborhood call me the daycare lady I think that's hilarious uh because it's I'm I'm pretty young actually and I still have been able to raise at least at least I'm gonna say easily 200 to 250 children wow
0: you know that is amazing, and uh, we have Melissa on the call. Melissa is thinking about going into teaching, and when you said that, I'm I'm always gonna look at her face, yeah, um, because I'm like, anytime we can put her into contact with folks who have the same passions that she has, that's that's a really uh dope thing. Melissa, do you have a question for Miss Tiffany?
4: Yeah, I do have a question. So um, what inspired you to go into education and Mm -hmm. childcare? Was it the birth of your daughter? What was it? Because I know for me, it's um, the, the great teachers that I had and also the lack of great teachers that I had that have inspired me to want to go into the education field. So what was it for you that made you make that choice?
5: Well, that's a great question. Honestly, I was raised in a household with an educator. My mother was a school teacher. Um, I watched her work her way up to the administrative level when, when she retired, she was a principal. So watching the, it watching the growth of her journey was definitely a big motivation for me and watching the lives that she touched and the, in, in ways that I wasn't even aware was like crazy for me. So I always knew I wanted to go into education just by following in my mom's footsteps, honestly. Samuel. So
3: my question was, what was, what were the difficulties when you first entered
5: the education field
2: mm. when you're dealing with children?
5: That's a really good question, Sam. Um, I would say one of the hardest things to do with children is to create boundaries with them. You fall in love with all of the children. You do, you fall in love with all of them, but then you also have to remember, these are not your children. These are still, you have to handle them in a professional manner. You know what I mean? You have to work with ethics and you have to lead with um, guidance. You you have to make reasonable and rash decisions, um, <clears throat> even though you want to sometimes decide otherwise personally. So I would think that's the biggest challenge with working with children. That's a really good question, Sam. Nobody's ever asked me that one.
0: Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, Come that's on, a good Sam. one. Come on, Sam, popping mm-hmm. off. Um, When you say creating boundaries, right? Yes. Um, a lot of times when we come into contact with educators or edu- the education yeah. system, um, it appears that they assume that kids are going to respond in a specific way like adults would. Absolutely. So when you're talking about creating boundaries, can you give us an an idea or an example of a healthy boundary that you were able to create so that we can educate some folks who may be out here in Facebook or YouTube land?
5: Absolutely, I would say that the first boundary that you create is always with the family. You know, mm-hmm. making sure that the parents understand when it's appropriate to contact you, when it's not appropriate to contact you. Um, making sure that they understand, you know, policy and they're following procedures. Um, a lot of the times, people see take. They, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be quite frank. They'll take kindness, you know, and politeness. For weakness, and then they don't follow the protocol and the procedure. So that's the first boundary that has to be created. Okay. Then -hmm. the second one is with the children. The children also have to understand and respect their space. That's a big part of what I teach my children. You know, if you're going to be in this space, you have to treat it as if if it's your space. We have to take care of it. It's home. We make sure that we clean up. we treat this as if we wanted to, to be treated in our own homes. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is we also make sure that the children understand respectable relationships with the adults and adults excha- in exchange, give them that same respect in return. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of the times, you know, adults per se, they want to tell children what to do, you know what I mean? And not offer choices. So in my environment, I make sure that all of my adults are offering choices because that's how we earn each other's respect.
0: That's dope. Jada.
3: Um, I saw, so done doing some research of my own about you. I saw Mm -hmm. that you also offered parental support and I was wondering what that parental support looked like.
5: Yes. So a lot of the times we offer what we call as a parent cafe, um, Mm -hmm. and they happens maybe quarterly, um, throughout the year where we actually sit down with parents who have, um, need resources and, Point, I guess to be pointed in the right direction as far as child welfare is concerned. Um, And we'll sit down, we'll come up with a plan of action. We'll eat, we'll talk, we'll chat. We'll do all of that good stuff just to get them connected with the correct resources that they need. We'll have community people come in and volunteer and talk with them and speak with them as well to uh, tell them more about community agencies and uh, referrals that may or may not be needed for their families.
0: So I'm assuming that because you um, are, on your sixth facility, you've yes. amassed a bunch of relationships. Oh, How yes. important are your community connections or relationships in the work that you do?
5: Absolutely, That is a great question. So, like I said, um, I am in a high need. I'm located in a high needs area in Southwest Philadelphia, um, meaning that a lot of the times when parents come to the door, they're either A, they're comfortable because they're from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um B, they're totally uncomfortable because they're not, they're from the neighborhood. Um, so then I had to explain to them that listen, you know, our community, my my facility has become a beacon in my community. Um, people know where we are. People know what we do. Uh, we make sure that we. I personally make sure that I connect with my neighbors. I'm connecting with my other business owners to build those relationships and that support in the neighborhood. And for that reason alone, I have never had an issue. I've never had a problem in mm-hmm. my area. Um, and it's been an amazing journey because everybody looks out for us. So making sure that you know who's in knowing who's in your community is key, even with your state reps and your um your city council, you gotta know them because you want them to be able to readily identify you when
2: it's time. That's
0: dope. That's dope. <clears throat> Keela. So it's kind of
2: personal. Obviously, you know, hardworking women, six facilities. Mm-hmm. What do you do for like self care? How do you take care of yourself? Mm-hmm.
5: So it's so crazy. Like when I first started, what's your name, Keela? Keela? Hmm? When I first Kila. started, Keela. When I first started, Keela, I used to run myself ragged. Like, Mm -hmm. I had no time for myself. Um, I had very little time for my family. It was very difficult. Around year five, I got to the point where I said, this is enough. Mm -hmm. I have to learn how to delegate. Mm -hmm. So I began to teach myself how to delegate how to handle responsibility, hand responsibilities off to people. And it has not been an easy journey because I'm very, very, very independent, Mm
2: -hmm. but
5: nonetheless, I think I've got it down to a science now. So what I do in my spare time is I go to the spa, (laughs) I like to hang out with my daughter. I enjoy shopping. Like I have time to hang out with my friends and all of that was just about understanding how to manage my business and how to delegate, wh- how to take off those things off my plate that I can allow someone else to do.
0: That's great. Love that. Yes, thank you. I mean, can you teach me how to do that? <laughs> right.
2: Cause...
5: That's why I <laughs> it's so crazy I because, because I really would love to do a class, but it's, it's an amazing <laughs> feeling once you get it though. I promise.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Jalen, so since the rise of, um, since we had COVID, we've seen a rise in like tensions. I know uh, in schools out here. Yeah, what has been like the the biggest things that you've seen, like Ooh. the differences pre-COVID and post-COVID?
5: Mm. Yes, we had um, two years, I guess, off. I'm I'm not going to say off because we were partially open for you know first responders and all of that. But um, I'm going to say when our students came back from the COVID vacation there were a whole host of social emotional issues that we were faced with constant crying uh you could tell it was, there was some separation anxiety blatantly not being able to follow direction and get back into the routine it was a it was a, it was a very difficult transition for us i want to say it took us about a year to get everybody back in the flow and we're just we're just getting there so the biggest part was that routine was lost you know children need, need routine to be consistent and to learn um it's really important and I'm not going to say that parents weren't doing that at home because they probably were but the thing was now the routine is changing into what we needed to be and so it was quite difficult to make a comeback with um, behaviors T- teachers were definitely drained they were tired um a lot of and with that comes a lot of call outs a lot of illness so mm-hmm. it's like a trickle-down effect.
0: Samuel, coming right back to you. Mm -hmm.
5: So uh, my question was, since you have
2: six locations, I was Mm -hmm. going to ask, what was it like with your first opening, your first daycare, your first location?
5: It was very, very, very scary, Samuel. I honestly was super nervous about it. I thought it was a really big step. Um, But To be honest, the first location was only licensed for, I believe, 16 or 17 children. So it was manageable. Um, I got my feet wet with the first one. um, And it grew very quickly. Again, we were offering care all the way up until midnight. We didn't do overnight care. We stopped at midnight. But it grew very quickly. And within two years, we were able to open another, and then another, and then another.
1: So midnight, midnight. Midnight. Midnight.
5: I don't do that anymore, guys. I I do not Amen. Do Best I self-care. You.
2: Hey,
0: that's how you gotta start out though.
5: <laughs> I told so. you in my first five years I hustled. I hustled. You're in. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So was it because it became unmanageable to do that, or is you know, it finding consistency with staff? Like what? What? It was actually
5: it? the consistency part. It wasn't necessarily the staff. It was the parents. Okay. Um. But what happened is, is that sometimes when parents work at night, they're always looking to get that better shift. You know what I mean? So the kids' schedules were fluctuating. It wasn't always consistent. I just said it's not worth it. So yeah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Melissa.
4: Um, So you talked about COVID and how there was definitely a switch and a change Mm -hmm. with the children. And so on this podcast, we see that a lot with the children and then how teachers and educators are handling these children. And sometimes it's not always, it doesn't always turn out the best. So what do you think needs to be changed in the education system overall? What's your number one thing, your top thing?
5: I think that teachers need more courses in child development. I know that mm-hmm. all of us have taken taken them as prerequisites yeah. and things of that sort, but I think there needs to be more application in the education programs about how to apply um, what we learned in child development into behavior modification.
0: Mm. Mm. That's dope. So, I mean, it's deep, you know, to even hear you say that there needs to be more courses in child development yeah. because I've I what I'm seeing is that things are changing but the curriculum is not really following uh the change so right you have you have folks kind of relying on the same old tactics to mm-hmm. deal with new problems or new right. issues and that our children are facing
5: and that's why I think that yes we should still focus on what the are saying and what the books are telling us but there has to be some type of real life application that has to happen in order to understand how to apply that stuff to today and it's 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 just i don't know it's it's a huge disconnect it's a absolutely huge, it's a huge disconnect and i i just think real life application is really the way, real way to to go you know people don't understand how to work with african-american children
0: come on talk taco it, wait, wait now hmm. now don't skip over that because oh. that's important yeah because you also said that you got to know the people in your community and That's therefore true. basically they've kind of insulated you
1: mm-hmm. to
0: where you haven't had any problems what we're seeing is people are not trying to um get to know their community they're not they're not
5: not at all they come some i've seen people come to work and they go home and, and they <laughs> That's it. You know what I mean? Whatever happens after that, they don't know. You know what I yeah. mean? You, you got to know the trials and tribulations that your kids are facing, the mm-hmm. things that they're going through at home. You have to know that so that you know how to handle it and deal with it appropriately.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Jada. Um, first of all, I want to commend you because I when I was also doing a little bit of research, you had mm-hmm. mentioned that you wanted kids to have an outlet and make their school their safe space when their home may be filled with chaos And if you feel comfortable sharing, of course, this is a little personal, Mm -hmm. do you think that some of that, how you want your schools to be a safe space for kids and escape the chaos from home, do you think some of that is because of the past trauma that you may have experienced? Because I know that you had mentioned gun violence in your neighborhood and Mm -hmm. domestic and drug abuse in your home. So do you think that may be one of the reasons?
5: That's a really good question. Um, I don't necessarily think that that is one of the reasons per se. Mm -hmm. I think that it truly, genuinely just comes from... Talking to children, I talk to children a lot. Um, They trust me. I have a great relationship with them, and I hear the trials that they're going through. Hearing from hearing it from their perspective is where my motivation comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I have experienced all of those horrible things. I have. I've had a lot of trauma, even in my past. You know what I mean. Um, However, the one thing that I did have was support. I had mm. a family that was there to support and back me and everything that I experienced, where some of the children that I work with don't even have that. Mm. So, with that being said, my safe space is a place where they know at least I can come and talk.
0: Right. I love that. I love yeah. that. And I was reading this article, and one of the things kind of stuck out to me. It says, um, so you have the daycare facility. So do you do the art programming within your facilities? No. So, okay. Okay. So this
5: is how that started. So first of all, (laughs) the performing arts program is my baby. I love, I love, love, love education, but I have a passion for dance. I was a dancer growing up. Um, I started at the age of three and I went all into adulthood and then I decided, okay, it's time to figure out how, I can do something with this. So what I did was I had the daycares first, and part of the daycare was an after-school program. So within the after-school program, I started to incorporate the arts. I saw that it was really making a difference in the behaviors of my students, and the kids were really getting into it, but I just didn't have enough time to do what I wanted to do with them. So. I sat down with a group of friends and I was like, guys, I think I'm going to do this art center. I think I'm going to open this performing arts center. Mind you, I went to the Philadelphia High School for Creative Performing Arts in Philadelphia. So I already kind of had a a niche of where I wanted to go with the program. I knew that I wanted to offer dance. I wanted to offer drama. I wanted to offer martial arts and vocal.
2: Mm. So
5: the first year we opened up um, and we opened separate from the daycare. So it became its own program. Um, Here we are. I'm in year seven
1: okay. and
5: the school is thriving. My kids look amazing. <laughs> um, we put our all into everything that we do. They do annual productions, So they're learning classical theater. They're mm-hmm. learning, learning vocal and they're learning acting. We no longer have martial arts, but um, mm-hmm. we've done productions. We've done Annie, Cinderella, Lion King, all of it. And it's just amazing. And Oh, those are my babies. They they just they are so committed. They're so dedicated. They are just a wonderful group of kids to work with.
0: Now with your next one, let us know because we like to travel.
5: Absolutely, I would. I would absolutely
0: <laughs> love to come see the babies. Absolutely. I would love for
5: you to come. We actually have a show coming up in February. February the Don't play. February, I'll
0: Thursday be in Philly. Forth. Don't
5: play me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love for you guys to come see them. They're awesome.
0: Okay.
3: All right. I, to Go back ahead, up Dana. your question, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I was a little sad when you heard that you took out martial arts, but it seemed not a little weird, but it was just kind of like out of the blue. So you have a lot of these like performance yeah. arts kind of things like vocals, mm-hmm. dance, dancing and acting. Where did martial arts
0: come from? Like, oh, that's a good question. That?
5: That's a great question. So my husband
0: mm-hmm. is a martial artist. <laughs>
5: uh-huh. He's a martial artist.
0: got to keep him busy. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. Yep.
5: And <laughs> he wanted to teach martial arts. So we were like, let's go for
0: it. <laughs> uh-huh. And did he get a... um? Did he, was his class, were his classes full? His classes
5: were successful. Um, We did end it just because of time and where we wanted to go with the arts program. And we just decided that, okay, it's time to give that a rest and let's focus on this.
0: Okay. And so also in in this article, it talked about um that the families really love the arts program, but sometimes they can't afford yes uh, what you have to offer. And so you do so fundraising and things like that so can you give us an idea of what or how you fundraise to make sure those things are covered for the babies
5: yes so yeah the way our program is broken down is we have what we call a foundations program we have a training institute and then we have a competition team okay so the foundations program is pretty moderately priced so most of the families can afford the training institute program However, Mm -hmm. as the child starts to grow within the program, the fees go up. And it becomes quite difficult for the child to grow and for us to continue to provide the instruction or the level of instruction that they need. So we'll do things like uh, we have what we do, a pledge every year, where mm-hmm. we have people pledge to these children. And if they stay in for the year, they'll donate do this amount of money. So that mm-hmm. money will go onto their individual accounts. Um, we've done candy sales. We've done concessions. We've done... Mm-hmm. Um, Popcorn sales We've done it all just trying to get money for people to be able to keep their kids coming to this program. Um, Unfortunately, the arts is definitely, you know, one of the things that cultivate children, but it does Mm -hmm. cost, you know, teachers still want to be paid. Bills the lights still have to come on. So right. it does cost. And it's it's unfortunate sometimes because some of the things that we would love to do with our students, as far as you know, allowing them to participate in other things, even as far as competition is concerned, we have to cut back and scale back often because
0: of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Samuel.
3: So my question was what is the standard or expectation?
5: for your employees
2: to treat the children in your daycares? Mm. <laughs> I
5: mentioned it a little bit, Samuel, and my expectation. Samuel, how old are you? You are just amazing.
2: <laughs>
5: I'm sorry. Huh? 12. 12, awesome. Wow, Jesus, he's amazing. Um, so the standard for employees in the daycare is again to treat the children with respect. Um, You respect them. They'll respect you. Uh, We give them choices. We make sure that we discipline them in a manner that is ethically correct or age appropriately correct. Um, And we make sure that we are, I guess, just making just making sure that we are in in tune with all of their needs.
0: I love that. And, you know, Sam kind of changed it back to the daycares, but I wanted to ask a question Mm -hmm. regarding the arts. Have you seen a drastic change in the students' um, behavior when they have an outlet or creative outlet? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
5: Absolutely. I've seen a change when they have it. And then I have seen a change when they've had it and don't have it anymore. So... Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. I've had students come in with parents, the parents telling me, warning me, you know, they, they a little busy. They, they, they've been a problem in school. Their teacher is complaining about them. Just let me know if you have a problem. And then they'll come to us and they'll, they're like, no issues at all. And the issue, the, the half of the battle is making sure that they're interested in what they're doing. If the kids aren't interested in what they're doing, you're going to have behavior problems. So we make it a point to make sure that the child is interested. And every child that does come through our doors is not interested. But we Mm -hmm. also have an honest conversation with the parent and let them know, listen, you know, I don't think that they're really interested in this. Because we want to eliminate those behaviors as well.
2: Right, right. I have a question. Yes, Mm ma'am. Okay, so... um, What is like your purpose? Like what's your long-term goals, short-term mm-hmm. goals? Have you achieved it already? Like yes.
5: So, it's so crazy. Um my long-term goal is actually happening right now. Um and I wanted to eventually find one building where I can flourish everything under one space mm-hmm. and collectively bring the preschool and the performing arts center together. And I have found that building <laughs> and it's actually being renovated right now. So oh, I'm um, slowly that. getting there. Um, I hope to be launching that space sometime in June or July. So yeah.
2: oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: So I'm, I'm getting older, <laughs> but <laughs> I've been doing this quite, for quite some time now. And the running back and forth between the spaces have become a lot. Mm. Um, so i it took me a long time to find a space large enough to accommodate everything. And we finally found one
0: distance wise. When you say you're running from space to space, mm-hmm. how, how far are your uh, locations from each other?
5: Sure. So all of them are in Southwest Philadelphia. They're a matter of, um, I want to say blocks from each other. Okay. However, I do have one in North Philadelphia as well. So that becomes, and that's about 15, 20 minutes from that location, just, it's a lot. It's just a lot. Managing all of the bills, managing all of the yes, individual mm-hmm. happenings that occur with each building. I am ready to consolidate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm ready. Um, Jaylen, you've been quiet. Talk to us, Jalen. So, What's going on, Jalen?
1: My question is, what was your first moment that you were like, this is actually a reality? Hmm. Like, oh. give me your first, like, championship moment.
0: Mm. Come on champions. You guys are coming with the question right? <laughs> So
5: Buying my first home
0: Ooh.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: That I would imply the there's more home.
0: than the first home Okay
5: go ahead I bought my first home Buying my first home was it Because I am young And I was able to do it I was able to do it She said period, period. <laughs> Let them
2: know Okay.
5: Yes, that was it for me. Buying my first home. That was it. Mm-hmm.
2: Buying the
4: first home. Mm-hmm. Man. must be nice. No, no, that must no, be no, It was real. It must be What's
3: nice. up? I have a question. So I also saw that you teach small business owners how to launch six-figure businesses. What does that look like? Are they classes or
5: so? Let me talk about that. So recently, I, did, the um, <laughs> I started doing some consulting, um, and coaching and mentoring. Of mm-hmm. small business owners who have a passion and are they're interested in making their passion a paycheck. Um, so what we're doing is we're going in step by step, and I am teaching them how to start their business from scratch, mm-hmm. um, and then create policies and systems that work for their organization, as much help as they need, as much help as they require. Um, While I do do childcare, I've had my hand in a lot of other things. I'm also in real estate. Um, I have an event boutique. So I have a lot of things going on. It's not just childcare. Um, So I do have a lot of experience in setting up and growing businesses and being able to maintain successful revenue.
0: Melissa.
4: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um my question is what do you wish would have been different when you were in school and does do those things that you wish would have been different um affect the way that you interact with the children that you are around?
5: Um Melissa, this is going to sound like so fake and so phony, but I am going to be completely honest. My mother did a great job at picking schools for us mm-hmm. for me, my siblings and I. I absolutely think I had um the best educational flow. Um, I started out in a private school um, that provided me opportunities for the arts at an early age. They also were into the arts, so that gave me that. Then I wound up going to um, an elementary school that was extremely diverse and I learned about different nationalities and cultures and things of that sort, so that gave me that part. Then I wind up going to in high school, where I got to focus on the arts even more and really dive into my passion and finding out why I love this so much. So honestly, I can't say that um, there was anything that I disliked about school. I've kept maintained relationships from pe- with people from all of my experiences. I have great relationships with my teachers. So I'm not going to say it was perfect, but what I can say is I made the best out of it and. With that being said, I have nothing negative to say.
0: You know what? That I, I actually love that answer mm-hmm. um, because I think that we don't um, meet a lot of people yeah. who come with that same story about how being in school Positive. was for them. Yeah, that it was yes. positive. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so I like to hear the positive. But keep mm-hmm.
5: in mind, it all comes from that background and the support that you have at home. And if you know better, you do better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it really does them. It's a generational thing, and it's it's that's why it's so important that parents, parents, parents get involved and they 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 they, they understand what's happening.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you're saying that parents need to get involved, and I, I want to make it as plain as possible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a lot of things going on um, that some of some parents are asleep at the wheel, yeah. you know. Um, and so, what are what are some of the things that you would, when you say get involved? Are you talking about at the school, um, with after school programming, with like what are we talking about?
5: I'm talking about the whole scope of it. A First, being an advocate for your child. You are your child's biggest advocate, making sure that your child has everything that they need in order to achieve whatever educational level of educational success they're capable of achieving. Um, making sure that it, all their resources are in place. That is your job as the parent. But it's also important that you volunteer. It's also mm-hmm. important, it's also important to be hands-on. You know what's happening inside this child's school. The only way to do that is to actually be there and be present. Um a lot of parents come in with complaints, and they have things that they want to change. But when they really get in there and see, okay, maybe that wasn't that great of an idea. I understand why they didn't make that decision. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's just you have to be—you got to be involved.
0: Yeah. And so I just want to acknowledge that Miss Tawana is lighting up the comment section. Oh yeah. Um, she had uh, a lot to say. There was a conversation she had with someone whose godson was choked in his daycare last week. Wow. Choke, wow. bruise and they didn't even call the mom or the police and of course wow. um that's a problem and that then that is the problem and then she she has a message for you thank you for celebrating your mom and the choices and her choices to help you along your journey many yes, people don't do that and i'm sure this is one reason why you are blessed thank um, you wow like thank i said we don't get to see a lot of um black folks in this arena um, especially yeah. here in, um, Northern California. Yeah. Um, you like a unicorn. I mean, talking.
5: it's, it's the same thing here in Philly. You know, I, you, I, it's just the fact that, like I said, I ran and read because I just had, I did, I had the great fam, a great family, but it's my job to be that to somebody else. And that is all yeah. I want to be, you know, if I can do that for somebody else, I've done my job. So I
0: love it miss jada um okay so i had
3: saw in one of your pictures you were pointing at your shirt and it said child care guru where did that come That's from guru.
5: Yes. so i started um right now i'm going by the small business guru by the way Dark. but i started as the child care guru um because I was the person that everybody came to. Can you teach me how to open this? Can you teach me how to do that? Can you teach me? And I honestly didn't mind. I really didn't mind. I had a lot of joy from helping people, guiding them in the process. I've helped over 20 to 25 uh, daycare owners open their businesses. It's just, it's, it's been amazing. So again, that's what I'm doing with my consulting. So now I'm sliding away from childcare and just going into small business as a whole.
3: That's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing that I I, I want to commend you on what, just exactly what you just said is that you were uh you were willing to help people because I know yeah. a lot of people out here that will be gatekeeping.
5: Mm-hmm. And like, yes. They'll
1: be like, "Oh, I don't want you to be in my my realm." Or oh, you want to open up daycare <laughs> services? I'm in daycare services. I don't want no competition. Mm-hmm. And I so love the fact everybody. That, listen, yeah.
5: So many kids to go around. It's it's really not competition because everybody has their own set of requirements I might not work for you but you you may work for somebody else who knows you know it's mm-hmm. I don't look at it that way and it, it doesn't benefit me to look at it that way either
0: yeah were you done with yourself? yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jalen was like yeah and I think you know there are a lot of kids to go around yeah Um, and I th- I think where, where Jalen was going with this Is that we don't see a whole lot of um, synergy when it comes to um, folks supporting one another in this area. We see the the desire for competition or um, the desire to kind of um, downplay what somebody else offers or brings to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you suggest, say someone was trying to move into South Philly? Okay. With and, and open up a child care facility. Okay. What advice would you have for them? Mm,
5: that's great. So I always say do your research first. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing that I do when I'm thinking about moving into a new facility or even another neighborhood per se, I always shop around as if I'm a parent. Um, and what I'm looking for is I'm looking to see how many children are actually in the facility. Is the facility full? Is it not full? Is it moderately full? What that is telling me is how enrollment is in that area. So if I see that a building has is full to their capacity, they have a bunch of kids, that's telling me there's an overflow of children in their neighborhood. And that's probably somewhere I would go. So that's the first thing that I would tell them.
0: Hmm. Do your research. See, that's very basic, <laughs> right? Very basic. I mean, no, no. And <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, saying look, like that's a lot of times, People want to jump into an arena that they see is already there's Someone successful at it. Yeah. And they don't do the market research. They right. don't ask the questions. They don't get to know the people in that neighborhood. Right. They just want to open something up because somebody else is doing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But to basically to have someone who's, who's successful at it, stop and tell you the first thing you need to do is do research. I mean, duh. Period. Yeah. Like That's what, I mean, and and then some people would be like, oh, well, she didn't help me. No, no, she helped you a lot. Right, right. Because you have to do the groundwork. You can't come in and kind of piggyback off what somebody else has laid, laid down. Mm-hmm. You have to do your due diligence. Because what I wanted to bring up is, you know, people see these beautiful pictures of you in the white, right? Yes. And they think that this was like an overnight success. No, right? not at and all. People don't see the struggle. They see... What what has transpired or what has come to fruition, but right. they don't t- they don't really see the struggle of a thing. It's so, been, it's talk been. talk to us about some of those struggles because mm, um, wow. you know I, I would I say mean,
5: that the yeah. biggest struggle in business for me has been understanding who is for you and who is not for you. Mm. Um, <clears throat> when I first went into this, I didn't know you know that people could be right there in your corner and be right there in that space with you but not really want the best for you that was not a reality that really wasn't like a reality for me I had to learn that through trial and error you know what I mean I'm able to weed it out now because I've been Mm -hmm. doing this for a while but when I first started that that was a really really big shocker to me I didn't know that those type of people were even existent
0: to Mm -hmm. be honest is that because you're not one of those type of people
5: that's probably because I'm not one of those type of people
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and and you know we we have this this innate thing. Some of us have it in us where we want the best for people. Yeah, we we want everybody to come up because we coming up, right? And yeah. we 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 want to bring you along. Yeah. But there's some people who want to be in competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, some people stay around you because they want to see what you're gonna do. Also, there's people in your boat poking holes. <laughs> to yeah. get it to yeah. sync yeah. while you sit up here rowing with all your might absolutely. and so how to um kind of identify those type of people what you said is because I've been doing it a while now I know better and yeah. so for our young people that are listening you are gonna have to get some experience yeah. in things in order to identify them because they're not always going to be visible to you right away absolutely right? and Samuel you have another question is that what it says yes i wanted to say
3: so i heard that you had advice for small business owners as a whole but i was asking what is your advice for struggling small business owners Mm. it hasn't worked out and they've been at it for years
5: Mm, got it my best advice samuel i just (laughs) (laughs) samuel um my best advice uh for a struggling business owner is to really consider scaling back um, sometimes less is more, mm-hmm. um, in today's society, we see Instagram and we see social media and oh like, God. I gotta be doing this. I gotta be doing that, I gotta mm-hmm. be doing this, but you really need to do the things that are going to help you in your specific situation and how to create, um, less, I want to say less overhead and more income. So
1: mm-hmm.
5: whatever that takes, um, that, that should be the goal scale back. Just like we live, with, live within our
4: means, we have to also do business within our means as well.
0: Come on, Melissa. Hmm.
4: Um, so you mentioned people who will who will switch up, they'll act one way and then act another, and then you realize they're not really in your corner. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned in the beginning, you ran really, really hard, didn't take any breaks. So was there a person or people who were your constant support system who were actually there and you realized they were in your corner from day one or along the way they you realize that they were in your corner and they were going to be your support system yeah absolutely my cousin my cousin has been a huge
5: support for me um from day one until now she's been there from she's going to be there um that has been my gatekeeper uh for my business just making sure the stuff that I don't see she see, she sees um it's always important to have one of those <laughs> no matter what you do whether it's family or a friend or maybe somebody you don't even know that has those those uh, loyalty mm-hmm. qualities. That's really important. Um, I've also had a close another close friend that helped me grow my performing arts center. She's been there since day one. Um, my husband, he's been there since day one. So I have a good, solid core team. Um, I also have a young lady that's my assistant now. She's been there since day one um, and together. We heard all the hoops we've gone, we've gone through it all. Um, But we know what the mission is and we know what the goal is. And the ownership that they take over my business is absolutely amazing. They treat it like this, like it's theirs. And um, I appreciate that wholeheartedly because it's hard to find that.
0: Absolutely. And go ahead,
3: Jada. And I had, uh, you had mentioned, you know, how your family was like, and your friends, your support, your backbone. Yeah. Um, Did you experience any, like, negativity from other people outside of your family, which is why your family and your support was super important to you? Did you experience any negativity at
5: all? Yes, I did. Um, I actually had a situation with um, a friend that um, worked Mm -hmm. for me for a while. Mm -hmm. And when we separated, um, it became – when I had to ask her to leave because it just wasn't working out. And that does happen, unfortunately. Um, It became extremely negative – altercations just spreading rumors all of that mm. stuff, you know but honestly it didn't do anything my character speaks for itself the work on, that man. I do speaks for itself um and I had to let go and let God handle that and I'm okay and she's okay too
0: <laughs> and so when you said that that happened between your you and your friend yes um can you talk to us kind of about did that hurt it hurt yes, absolutely
5: Mm -hmm. it hurt bad it still hurts actually because it's like um it's just one of those things where this is someone you know I grew up with I actually grew up with them um and um you don't think that that can happen with somebody that you're so close to but Mm -hmm. again you don't know who's in your corner you don't really all you can do is assume and when it comes time to for true, true colors to show they do show and it Yeah, it's up.
3: It's up. And and that question came up because I believe it was last week where we were talking about uh, separating our real friends from our fake friends. Mm -hmm. And my mom had mentioned, you know, two people who had worked super close together. One person gets a promotion and Mm -hmm. then that other person all of a sudden it turns from a friend to a foe and it was just when you were talking about your family and your support I was just thinking about if you had had any you know negative altercations with any of your used to be friends because your success bothered them
5: so yeah absolutely of course you know I wouldn't know that that's the reason I can only make that assumption you know Mm -hmm. what I mean but um Yeah, I've I've experienced it. And it does suck. And it does hurt. Because sometimes people think, you know, when you're in this leadership role, you don't have feelings or when you have to make decisions for your business, you don't have feelings. I absolutely Mm -hmm. have feelings. I'm still a person. I'm human. But I do have to put the decisions of this business first, you know,
0: right. And so, when when you say um, about having to put decisions of the business first, mm-hmm. um, do you find that you have to be more calculated and emotions can't be a factor? Like you have to do what's business sound business wise? Yes, absolutely. Um, I ha- I'm faced
5: every single day with whether or not this should be an emotional decision or this is a business decision. And I constantly have to remind myself that because again, I am only human. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important not to act off of emotion when making decisions in business. It's important to look at the whole picture and not just the picture from your perspective or anyone else's. Um, There's been plenty of times where I've been in positions where I've had to decide whether or not to separate from an employee or not, um, if this was the time. And I had to think with my business mindset and not my emotional mindset, um, because of course it's very difficult when you're building a brand and people don't do what's expected. You know what I mean? But the business may not have been able to stand without that employee at the moment, and so I have to make the choice that's best with the, for the business, not what's making me upset or uncomfortable.
0: Jalen,
1: mm-hmm. so I have a question. I mm-hmm. um, I go to college for business. Uh, mm-hmm. And accounting. Uh, But I wanted to uh, know, how did you learn to get into business? Like, what were your like, who did you learn from? Did you read books? Like Mm -hmm. stuff like that.
5: So um, shortly there was a short little span um, where I got the opportunity to work when I decided that I wanted to. opened my own center. I got the opportunity to work for a short span as a director at another center. Um, And I learned a lot while I was there during the short duration that I was there. um, I also worked in childcare while I was in college as well. So I already had some experience in childcare. But once I was the director, I learned a lot of what to do and a lot of learned of what not to do. Um, as far as the accounting side and the money side, I hired an accountant who honestly taught me the ropes. Um, I wanted to learn with her. I did not want her to do it for me. Um, it was really important that I understood QuickBooks. I wanted to know exactly what was going on. I wanted to understand all my record keeping so that I could hold her accountable just as she holds me accountable.
2: I love it. Keila, <clears throat> um, did you have ever any had? I can't speak. Did you ever have any doubts about your business journey? Like, what did you struggle with? Mm, okay. As far as
5: whether or not it would be successful or just doubts in general? Period. Through and through. Um, I'm going to say I never really had doubts about it being successful because, again, I have always been a fan of less is more. So if I always, if I ever felt like something was becoming too overwhelming, I've never been scared to let go of something. To mm-hmm. take a couple steps forward, um, so I never struggle with that per se. Um, the only fear sometimes that I have as a business owner, of course, is job security. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't always guarantee that my enrollment is going to be what it is. There are a lot of there are a lot of things that um, to, that are to be taken into consideration. Um, for example, you know, I I, don't, I know you guys have heard of like urban renewal and things of that sort, mm-hmm. but in Philadelphia my business is located in the area where it's being bought out by investors at this time and it's slowly creeping up. So in a couple of years, you know, my business, which is based off of the low income um, population because I'm state subsidized may no longer be able to thrive in that space. So I do have to start thinking about that and what my next step will be.
0: Wow. So Mm -hmm. when you say that it's being bought out, are you talking in terms of gentrification? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because things change they they change the makeup of the neighborhood you yes. know mm-hmm. the, the yep. struggling people are put out while yeah. the folks who got money stay yeah. exactly.
5: <laughs> it's slowly creeping up so yeah.
0: yeah yeah jenny do you have another question actually no no, no, I right, know, she, right? She, she ran out of all
2: questions. That's why I was like, Oh my she stole all your questions.
1: I yeah. did I your questions? You stole Oh, like first two. of all, hold on. Two. I just want to be
3: honest with you. I ain't still no questions. <laughs> 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 no. Like I got my own. <laughs> I no
2: okay, Somebody
1: wrong, in her capping. Wrong word, wrong <laughs>
2: word. <laughs> Any questions she thought of while we were engaging in the conversation, I was like, Dang it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, oh, oh, oh no. Yeah, that she had bad. came up with a question. Not together
3: though when we was we well uh, no. while we were reading, I was You're writing down notes argue? and I formed questions <laughs> on my own. <laughs> good. But, it's uh, okay.
0: Samuel, do you have another question? Or did we answer no, all of not yet? Okay. <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> you good? Yeah, I
4: don't
2: think I have you any more. You guys have been great. You guys are okay, awesome. I, mean, I got a question. I got a question. Okay, okay, now I got you a got question. Oh, it's a self-made. See, oh. it's not even written but down. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, here's another personal question. How okay. are you, How are you doing mentally? Like mm. Um, so I have days, you know, just
5: like everybody else. I have days where I just don't feel like it. You know what I mean? And and those are the days where I put my phone on do not disturb. And I send an email and say, I'm not available. And Mm -hmm. and it works for me. Um, a lot of the times I found that on this journey, my phone is my biggest source of my anxiety because it makes me so accessible to people. You know what I mean? Um, So I've learned how to use the focus thing on the iPhone now and mm-hmm. I allow certain people to call at certain times, but I do direct them on the voicemail about how to get in contact with me. Mm-hmm. And it's best that people just email me so that I can knock it out, you know, and it's not, you're coming at me here, coming at me there. So that has slowed me down a lot. And just that's things that I've learned how, you know, that's just one way that I've learned how to manage all of the stressors that come with what I'm doing.
3: And when you say that, do you mean like, because the way that I took it, I heard mm-hmm. you talk about how you just sometimes just stepped back. Is that what you were referring Absolutely. to? Absolutely. And that that really spoke to me because sometimes I feel like if I step back, I'm letting things just like go by. And I just feel like I need to be doing something because I don't want to be behind. I want to always be one step ahead. So
5: that really yeah. spoke to me. Thank you for that. Yeah, you, it, it's the best thing to do. You, sometimes you just have to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll catch
0: up. You'll be okay. <laughs> I'll be okay. Be okay. I, think, I think she's her mother's child because <laughs> yeah. I totally have a problem stepping away as well. Yeah. Um, Because I don't know, like, if I step away, is there going to be somebody there to pick up the slack? Um, right is somebody is there going to be a a crisis that nobody knows how to mitigate but me like Mm -hmm. those type of things Mm -hmm. and so they constantly keep you um going and spinning in circles but at the you don't want to hit a wall right um, and I think that I'm almost to that wall so I'm gonna need to step away yeah in order you know to keep it moving and yeah. I cannot wait for the holidays. I know yeah. I was supposed to take off two weeks. Y'all did. No, yeah, we, I've been here yeah. every day. She I did not. not. <laughs> I've been here every single day. Um, and funny. so what I wanted to ask you uh, Miss Tiffany, um you talked about having to kind of juggle um home life, um at first and in you know your business and then you know what you were trying to accomplish. Did you ever like can you talk to us about home how mm-hmm. how did that suffer and how were you able to kind of get yeah. that back on track
5: yeah I feel like um, so I think the biggest impact that this home and the childcare had is really on the relationship with me and my daughter first of all we have a great relationship right now she's 14
2: but mm-hmm.
5: um, <laughs> when she was younger you know and I look back a lot of her moments were filled with other children you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there were always other children around. There really weren't as many moments with her and I. I thank God I'm able to get those moments now because I made it a pact to myself that I'm not going to miss any more of those. But a lot of the time, there were always other children around. So she really didn't always just have mommy. You know what I mean? Um, and she she even expressed that to me before. And from that, I was like, okay, yeah, we got to fix this. So, and I did. And it's it's been wonderful since.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm i love it i love it so um we are uh running out of time we want to thank you for coming through and lacing us with some game
5: thank you you're welcome you guys (laughs) had great questions questions that i have not answered before so i'm very happy
0: (laughs) they were good (laughs) we love it we love it and we invite you to come back anytime you want no problem you can sit in as a uh, another panelist as we go through some of these uh stories that we yes. get I so would love, love to, to, to hear your
3: perspective as an educator please because these you just be wilding, <laughs> yeah.
1: and it that ain't that's just right. the I teachers
0: love,
2: I would love to let <laughs> me know
1: crazy yeah right.
0: so I will be in touch to let you know when we got some space for you to come on and kind of kick it with us I'm not sure what <laughs> Sam is doing right now but you know he I think he warming up for the wave <laughs> or something that's okay yeah, get it. <laughs> uh, we invite you all to join us next week we will be t- a I think if I confirmed it correctly, we will be talking with, um, Mr. Deion Sanders?
4: N- Boy, what? Sorry, I'm
2: just asking.
0: I'm,
4: uh-huh.
2: just,
0: asking. Bruh. I'm just asking. See, <laughs> it's, perfect, too, timing, it's, too it's too soon, <laughs> timing, timing, timing. There's a lot of people in their feelings about this Deion Sanders stuff. <laughs> so that's too soon. We're not doing that. I was going to say Brandon Brown from Schoolyard Rap. They are coming hey. to Sacramento nice. January 21st. 31st January 31st um and we are going to be partnering with them to make sure uh students get to see this and so we'll be talking to him about his journey about schoolyard rap how it came to fruition because he actually started as an educator right here in Sacramento uh, with the Twin Rivers Unified School District so we will be talking to him uh next week hopefully he'll be in studio if he's not in studio he'll be on virtually and we'll get to question him
1: <laughs> okay. I was gonna
0: say some other stuff, but I had to stop myself.
1: I'm gonna spit some bars uh, for
0: him. You gonna spit some bars? Don't yeah.
2: do
1: that. I'm the real rapper, though. You Tell get them trying to fix. We got too. bars, Keila.
0: <laughs> some slang, you know what I'm saying? Okay, all right. Well, we are gonna test y'all next week. So with that, we are gonna hit y'all with the wave. We'll see you next week, <laughs> Sam, Right go here. Ahead. Go ahead, Sam. Do it, do it. Millie, where you at? <clears throat> <Millie back>. Miss Tiffany, <laughs> you gonna wave for us? I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We'll see y'all next week. See you
5: guys.